Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, in the meantime, though, it's uh, probably a good idea to get an update on what's going on in Alberta hospitals. That should be our focus at all times going through this as we get to wherever we are. But um, let's find out. We're going to talk now with Dr. Shazma Mathani. Uh, Dr. Mathani is an emergency room physician at the Royal Alec and at the Stollery Children's Hospitals in Edmonton. And I understand, Doc, that you're just coming off another night shift? Yeah, I worked yesterday evening, so I got home around 3 in the morning. Oh, my goodness. I appreciate you doing this. Um and so obviously you've got uh, up to the moment information for us here, which is exactly why I turn to you. Just we hear so much about, um, you know, cases plateaued, places, uh, cases declining, blah, blah, blah. What is your take? What is the situation from boots on the ground inside the hospital? So, you know, we may be seeing a decline in the number of COVID patients coming in, but we're certainly not seeing any sort of a drop in pressure of all the other people coming in. Um, so I can tell you uh, in terms of the shift that I work, and then talking to colleagues who've been working over the last several days as well. Uh, We're seeing an ongoing pressure with the number of very sick patients with COVID and non-COVID illnesses coming in. Uh, The numbers have been high of patients coming in, and that pressure felt upstairs on the wards is still very much there. Okay. Give us an idea of what it's like. The premier, the number he keeps throwing out, I talked to him last week, 87%. We're at 87% capacity. And I said, well, wait a minute. We We still have field hospitals. And we still have nursing students that are helping to... to how can that be? What, what is the situation? Are we at 87% with the field hospitals? I mean, how does this work? Yeah, and that's a great question. So the first question that I would have back is what denominator is being used? Is that 87% of the ideal capacity? Because if that's the case, then um, we're certainly not at our ideal capacity just given... Uh, staffing shortages and the inability to keep beds open because of that. So that certainly would play into that number. Um, and I have the exact same question as you. If we are at 87% capacity, why do we have field hospitals? Because we shouldn't have to open those or have yeah. to offload capacity into places outside the hospital and into unconventional spaces if we are below capacity, um, kind of so to speak, right? And so I, I question that number. I kind of question what that number truly means or what data that number is using because it certainly does not feel like that in hospitals. Uh, that could also be one of the other phenomena that we might be seeing is that it's an average across the province. So some hospitals sure. may actually be over 100% capacity, whereas other hospitals may be at like 60 or 70% capacity and it averages out to 87. I can tell you that the big hospitals in the, in the major centers like in Edmonton and Calgary are definitely feeling a lot of pressure and, and certainly feel um, uh, closer to 100, if not over 100% capacity in my own hospital that I work at. Okay, got you. Um, the other thing is now that we see, uh, as of today, no more masking for kids in schools, uh, and all of us will be able to go without masks if we choose as of March 1st, so two weeks from now, uh, there's a lot of people saying, what about the kids? What about the kids? Uh, the Premier says, you know what? The science is pretty clear on this. Um, 
that they're just it doesn't pose the the kind of threat to children that makes it worthwhile for them. As somebody who works in the stallery, somebody who works in the ER and sees these cases, give us some idea how many kids are being affected and being affected severely. What is your take on what this virus means to children? At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So I have some major concerns with kids in particular. So if we look at, I just have the, I have it open right now. If we look at the 5 to 11 age group, less than 50% of them have received one dose of the vaccine and less than 20% have received two doses of the vaccine. And so that's a big vulnerability. We have to remember that kids under five are not eligible for vaccination to begin with. So there's that, that protection isn't there for our, for our young children. In terms of what we're seeing in hospitals, um, the last time I worked at the Stollery and then again in talking to colleagues who've worked there more recently, we are continuing to see kids come in quite sick with breathing problems with the Omicron variant, needing to either have a prolonged emergency department stay before being discharged home or needing admission into hospital for a period of time because of their breathing problems. The other concern, of course, is this um, multi-system inflammatory disease, like this MIS-C that we're seeing kind of as a as a later effect after having COVID. And so in talking to colleagues that uh, have been at the, been working in the pediatric emergency just recently, we are seeing an uptick of cases of that uh, inflammatory complication after COVID. Because again, once you have a bunch of cases, you are start going to start seeing complications of that. And then lastly, my, my other concern is, is long COVID, of course. So mm. we, we know that sometimes, you know, 10 to 15% of kids are going to get these, these long COVID symptoms. And that's certainly concerning as a parent, um, because I don't want any child, uh, especially my own ch- child, to, to have any sort of long-term debilitating side effects after even having a very mild initial illness. Uh, we know that the predictability of having severe or long COVID outcomes after initial illness is, is not really related, right? So you could have a, uh, a mild initial illness, but then still suffer from long COVID after that or still end up having this inflammatory condition afterwards. So those are my major concerns from the pediatric standpoint. So, I mean, you know that narrative is out there, Doc, and I'm just wondering, I mean, nobody wants to minimize illness in children, but I'm just trying to get an understanding of how serious, because, you know, when we talk about this on the air, and I think this is going to be something that we're going to be dealing with in the coming weeks, a lot of people, you know, with parents, uh, or parents with small children who can't be vaccinated, or, you know, we know the rates are much lower, as you point out, um, are very, very concerned about kids, and I'm just wondering, you know, what the Premier is saying, it's not much of a threat, and we've heard that from a lot of other medical experts, so I'm just wondering, what how do we how do we help people with that? Because, I mean, I, I can understand why people would be concerned. Yeah, and I can understand why people would be concerned as well. I, I don't like minimizing language. Words matter when we talk about yeah, things yeah. like this. And right. And so 
we even when we talk about Omicron being mild, I, I hate that we talked about that the last time we spoke. And so, yes, it is. We we know that overall, the disease is less severe in kids. We nobody can argue that. Yeah. But when we talk about the sheer number of cases, we are going to see more severe outcomes, sure. both in kids and in adults. So what my advice would be, and, and certainly the advice that I'm using myself for my family, is just to continue to make smart decisions. Uh, keep your group small. If you have a child who's school age, continue to send them to choose to send them in a mask. I'm certainly going to be sending my daughter in a mask uh, when she goes back to school. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, as long as we keep just making educated and smart decisions and stop listening to the rhetoric, I think that that's the best way we can keep ourselves and our families safe. Makes perfect sense. Uh, Doc, uh, good level-headed advice. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for joining us this morning. Of course, thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Get some rest. Appreciate this very much. That's Dr. Uh, Shazma Mathani, who is an emergency room physician in Royal Alec and the Stollery Children's Hospital, as he heard, worked till three this morning.